We begin life as a raindrop on the mountainside, then follow a winding path along the river of life until we reach the sea, the ocean of consciousness, our home. Peter Shepard Welcome to episode 53 of the Perfect Mess Podcast. Penitentia. Perfect mess is my perfect mess. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Perfect Mess Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Molina, and this is episode 53. Uh, Before we jump into it, make sure to check out the website, raymolina.com, and you can follow me on Instagram, at It's Ray Molina. That is also my TikTok. Uh, You can follow uh, the podcast on Instagram, at The Perfect Mess Pod. We have a Facebook page, and we also have a YouTube page, but you know that if you're watching right here. So if you're not on YouTube, uh, and you're just listening and you'd like to watch, you can go to YouTube.com and just search The Perfect Mass Podcast, and uh, we've got tons of episodes up there. I've probably got close to 200 videos up now. Uh, There's plenty of shorts and excerpts from other episodes that you can share on social media or text to your friends. Um, So please check that out. Subscribe. Do all of that. Um... For those of you who have been donating, thank you so much. If you would like to continue to donate, as I always say, it is not a requirement, uh, but you can do so through Cash App, and it is dollar sign, it's Ray Molina. If you don't have Cash App and you would like to still donate, uh, send me a message, DM me, email me, whatever, um, and I can give you my Venmo, um, my PayPal, or we can do Zelle. Uh, whatever way it works for you. But like I say, it's not a requirement, but I do appreciate you guys. You guys are definitely helping me grow this thing into something that it's become. All right. So I hope you guys are doing well. Um, and I hope you're enjoying the things that I've been bringing with the podcast, you know, uh, bringing you different versions of the podcast, which is the 90 seconds of inspiration, which I've been sharing, um, through all the channels that this this podcast is available. Uh, I like those because you can, you know, they give you quick nuggets for the day and you can share them um, on social media and they're really, they're 90 seconds. So they don't, they're not very long and they're things that you can actually text over to your friends as well that they can listen to on their phones. Um, and then I'm also doing the um, Let's Talk About It uh, uh, episodes and those are pretty direct to the point. Pretty short, about 30 minutes, and um, just kind of kick you in the mouth, you know what I mean, to give you give you something, give you maybe something that you need, a boost on a specific topic. So hopefully you're enjoying that, and then I give you full episodes like this one here, um, and try to continue building what, uh, what I started, gosh, uh, nearly three years ago. Um, I thought about that the other day, and I said, wow. Uh, I said, oh, you know, season two. And then I realized I had to go back on like four or five episodes and change the season because it's 2022 and this thing started in 2020. So this is my third year, which is crazy. Um, I think April will be the official third year. So I'm pretty happy. I, I didn't know I would be doing this first and foremost, and I didn't know I would be doing it this long. And here I am. Uh, 53 episodes later. So uh, I hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, You know, let's get into it. Um, You're probably wondering, what does this episode mean? What is penitentia? And if you've seen the artwork for the podcast, um, it's me basically standing by a river. Um, And that is uh, a river or a creek, excuse me, that goes through um, a park called Penitentia, and that's Penitentia Creek. And this park is a park that symbolizes a lot of things for me in my life. It's something that's been a part of my life since I was a boy. Uh, so for those of you who follow me on social media, you have seen me working out, you've seen me doing rucks, you've seen me running, you've seen me training with my sons, you've seen me doing all these things. 
Um, and sometimes I even shoot podcasts directly from this park. Um, that is Penitentia. Um, so this episode is going to tell you uh, a story about this park and how it relates to um, my life and and how dear uh, I hold it to my heart. Uh, you know, I... This might be a, a tough episode for me, you know. I got um, I got a, I got a call. You know, last week, that my grandfather was officially on hospice, and for those of you who are not familiar with what that means, it just means that uh, he will no longer be going to the hospital when he, when he uh, is having issues. Um, he will be at home and preparing to transition, um, meaning preparing to pass away. My grandfather is 91. He turned 91 on Christmas Day. And, um, you know, like my son says, my son Jordan always says, you know, he had a good life. Grandpa had a good life, Dad. 91. And he likes to remind me that I still have 45 more years <laughs> uh, to have a life like my grandfather, which means I have two lifetimes. So I always thank him for reminding me of that. Um, and I tell him, God willing, I would love to have a second half like that. Excuse me, it's in the morning and I'm sipping on some coffee. Um, so that's the call that we got last week. And now, uh, you know, we, so that we were told, you know, the next time he needs to go to the hospital, he's he's not going to go. Um, and that was something that he he's ready. You know, he's made it clear he's ready. Um, and it happened. You know, he got sick again and they said, OK, well, we're, you know, we're bringing in the bed. And uh, so now there's a bed in the living room and um, that's where he sleeps um, and he's gone. He's on oxygen and uh, they're just, they're not sure how much time we have left. It's not much time. So it's been, uh, it's been eye-opening. You know, I, I can't say that I didn't expect it because I did. Um, and I've been prepared. You know, I've been telling myself and praying, preparing myself for this moment because, uh I don't want to act like this is sudden. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to be that guy who's being selfish um, because it's not about me. It's about him and his life. And to be honest with you, he's made it very clear to me that uh, he's ready and to that he, he misses his wife. You know, my grandmother passed away, I want to say, six or seven years ago. And... Um, yeah, he's ready. You know, he misses her. He makes he makes it very clear. So, that's what we're doing now. And if you're on again, if you're on my social media, I've shared uh, a little bit of this on my story. And um, like I always do, I just I live a very open life, um, and I don't really have a problem sharing my journey because I know my journey has helped others deal with things that they've gone through and helped them navigate uh, things that they. Uh, just have been dealing with and maybe don't have any direction or know-how. And um, anyways, I share my journey because of that. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about this this park, this creek. Um, you know, years ago when I was in uh, fifth grade, I remember my grandfather picking me up. Uh, I used to go to a school um, called Mayfair. I believe it's called Cesar Chavez. Now they changed the name. But I used to go to school named uh, Mayfair, and I was in fifth grade. I went there for one year because um, we moved. Like I always tell you, we moved all over the place. I don't think there's a place in San Jose that we didn't live. But um, my grandfather used to pick me up. You know, he used to take me there every morning. And um, I remember he used to pick me up in this this Chevy pickup. It was a classic, but it was <laughs> it wasn't the kind of classic you're thinking. Like it was it was it had 
a really bad paint job, faded, like it was beat up. It was really beat up because he used it for everything. He used it for hauling, hauling. He used it for picking up produce uh, at the produce place for his uh, for his uh, store. He used to own a store called El Sol Market on 13th Street out here in San Jose, California. And uh, him and my uncle Louie. And uh, so he used to pick up produce. I mean, I mean, it was a it was a work truck, you know. That's the best I can uh, describe it. But uh, I wasn't too fond of it. <laughs> I was a kid in fifth grade, and I didn't appreciate it. You know what I mean? Um, and I remember uh, one day I got the nerve to to tell him or ask him if he could park down the street when he would pick me up. Because I didn't want him to park in front of the school. Because he used to park right in front of the school by the crosswalk. So when I would come out, I would jump in there. And he asked me why. And I said, why? I I tried to lie at first. I said, well, because there's cars and that's where the buses go. And he said, no, the buses go across the street. There's parents all lined up right here on the curb. Why are you asking me? He knew. Like, my grandpa's not a stupid man. So he goes, why are you asking me to move my car down the street? I said, forget about it. And he said, no, are you embarrassed? And I said, no. And he goes, let me ask you again, are you embarrassed? And I said, well, yeah. And he goes, why? I said, well, because some of the kids are making fun of me. They're making fun of me because the truck, they just, they make fun of the truck. And when I get in there, they laugh at me all the time. And he said, I don't give a damn about what those kids' opinion is. This truck is this is a work truck. We we use this truck to to load things to, to to take care of the grocery store. This is a work truck. It's not here to impress anybody. This is get the job done. This is what this truck provides for this family. There's nothing to be ashamed of. And I'm not parking in front or down the street um, so you can walk to the car because or to the truck because you're embarrassed. I'm parking right here, whether you like it or not. You better start learning how to appreciate what we have. that was one of the many lessons that my grandfather gave me and I uh I said okay and I shut my mouth and that was the end of that um now this truck you know this is the same truck that um we would take in the morning like I said he had a grocery store and he uh, when I wasn't in school, um, and the summer came, or the weekend, uh, he would take me with him, and I would go early in the morning, we'd open up his grocery store, uh, and he would teach me how to unload uh, produce, and stock it, and then how to spray it down and clean it before we, you know, open the store, and then he would teach me how to... Um, had a price tag, all the cans. Back then you had a, a little gun that would shoot these little little pieces of tape on top of the cans. So he would show me how to do that. And my Aunt Yolanda, uh, his daughter, uh, she would show me as well because she was a cash uh, cash register, a cashier at the, uh, at the store. It's all family owned. And um, so he would teach me, teach me how to do that. Um, and... As I've gotten older, remembering that, I've grown fond of those memories. Um, they're, they're memories that I hold on to real tight because I don't think I appreciated them when I was younger. When we're young, I don't think we appreciate a lot of stuff because we, we take for granted that we have time, right? We we just assume we have time and all this other stuff is whatever. But as you get older, you start to backtrack. You start to reflect on your life and the things that made you who you are or have, have built you to the person you are and the values. You start looking at the values you have and you start going back in life and realizing how these values came to be um, and and you start to appreciate not only the things that have that made you be the person you are today, but the people who helped mold you as well. Um, so I, I value I value these memories, and I value the things that my grandfather did. And, I've, and I believe it or not, I value that truck. That truck has a has a, has a 
a deep, deep meaning to me, and it and it holds deep into my heart. Um, that same truck is uh, the truck that when we would, because we lived over in East San Jose, right off of um, the McKean Jackson area, when I was um, in fifth grade, and then on through middle school, and then and then pretty much all the way through high school, and so we would drive by this park and I had never knew about this park until I moved in with my grandparents and they got custody of me and then I started spending time with my grandfather and we would drive by this park and there and the only thing that I didn't never knew the name of this park the only thing that I loved about this park is my grandpa would get so excited and start cracking jokes because we would drive by real slow and he would say look look at all the squirrels he has a nickname for squirrels he, he has a nickname for everything but he called squirrels squirtles with a d so he's like hey and my nickname was boogie when i was little because i used to like to dance when i was uh in the crib that's another story <laughs> but uh you go hey boogie look look at all the squirtles because they were on the little hills and on the hills at the park and they would run i mean there was hundreds and hundreds of them and they would just run all over the place and and uh, that was their home and then randomly you would see cats that would be trying to chase him through the park and he calls uh he has a funny nickname for cats don't ask me how he got it uh but it's he calls them yemos so he's like look at all the look at all the yemos chasing the squirtles and, and he would laugh and so a lot of the time we would drive by this park and he would drive slow and and cracking jokes and showing me all the squirrels because i was young and then a couple times you know we started walking and then we would go through and, and hang out there a little bit and I grew to uh, to find out that this park was Penitentiary Creek Park. And um, so that was growing up. I, I always knew that park as the Squirrel Park and uh, where they had cats and whatever. And I just, that's what I knew it for. And I knew that it had a pond there in the middle um, and it had a creek. And, you know, and during that time, there wasn't a whole lot of, a whole big homeless problem. So we didn't have... Um, any issues uh, along the embankment of the creek where there was, you know, makeshift tents and whatnot. And unfortunately now that's kind of what it is now. They clean it out every now and then, but the, it's still there. But that's what I remember, you know, with my grandfather. And then they eventually, when my mom and dad got married, they, um, well, they got remarried for the second time. And then when I when they gave up custody of me and I went with my mom and my dad uh, and we moved, um, my grandparents eventually sold the house and they moved uh, to uh, oh, Ceres. I think it was Ceres or Modesto. But they met, moved out there. They bought a home out there. And um, that really sucked because I, uh, I was really close to them. Um, not that we didn't go out there to see him, because we did, but I was really close to them, and it, it really sucked that they left San Jose, um, because they were instrumental on raising me. Anyways, um, fast forwarding to me getting married and uh, having my kids, you know, uh, I... I we still lived in the area, you know, believe it or not. My life is, my life is tied to, uh, the Jackson McKee, uh, and Capitol Avenue area. And if anybody's listening, who's local to me, you know, those areas. And it seems like I just, no matter, I've left to Colorado, I've went out to all these different states to live and, um, you know, and, and, and tour and whatnot. And I always seem to come back to San Jose and end up somewhere in the vicinity of Jackson, McKee and Capitol. Um, I don't know why <laughs> it's like a magnet for me, but, uh, we ended up, you know, when we got, when I got married, uh, that was our home area. And so that park was there. And I remember just taking my kids for walks, you know, uh, Jordy at first, you know, cause he was two and before he could walk, I'd carry him in the, you know, the dad carriers where you strap them to your chest and you can walk. So I would take Jordy, 
Um, well, first it was stroller, and then I would take him with a carrier. And then we had Jaden. Uh, by that time, Jordy was able to start walking, so uh, he would walk, and then I would take Jaden and carry Jaden on my chest carrier or the uh, stroller. And so this was this was during the time that the pond was actually still full. There was water there. Um, and by the time Jaden was able to, to walk a little bit, uh, the boys would sit around on the benches and the rocks that were right by the creek, excuse me, by the pond, which was huge. And there was um, ducks and, I mean, tons of ducks. They would come flying in and, and land and skied across the water. And uh, there was turtles in there, believe it or not. So they would come up out of the water, peek their little head out, and then sitting on branches that were sticking out of the water. They would go climb to the top and just sit there. My kids loved it. Uh, there was some fish in there, uh, and it was, um, they loved it because the, it was just, to them, it was like, this is nature, look, you know, and it's a local city park, but yeah, it was it was really nice. Um, so we would walk there, and, and I would take pictures of them, I have pictures of them when they were really tiny looking out on the pond and, and all that, and uh, it just, it, it meant something. Uh, obviously to me, but now it means something to my kids because they remember coming there um, when they were babies, you know, that's how long it's been. And they always ask me about my time there with my grandfather. And then they say, wow, dad, this is, this is pretty interesting. Like we, you were here as a kid with grandpa. And then when you had us, you started bringing us here. Do you think that when we have kids that will bring our kids here? I said, I don't know. It would be very cool if you did. I don't know if by the time you're ready to get married and have kids, I don't know if you'll be here. But if you will be, that would be pretty awesome to go generation by generation to do that. So um, anyways, this park has a, has a really big meaning to me and my kids and my family. Um A while back, probably about three years ago, um, I shared a story of while I was there, I was working out, and then I shared a story on my, I believe it was my Instagram, where I talked about how the uh, how the water dried up, you know, how the creek how the creek dried up, the the pond dried up. And it's been like that for six or seven years now. Um, there hasn't been any water. The The wildlife is gone. There's nothing. It's all overgrown now. There's weeds and trees and all kinds of stuff in, in the pond now. There's, there's no sign of water whatsoever. So it's just this big hole in the middle of the park that has a bunch of overgrown uh, plants and trees and whatnot in it. And the creek, you know, it just has no water. And the odd thing about when this happened, uh, it, it happened around the time I started going through my divorce or when things were happening that you could feel was leading up to something like divorce. You know, it's when, you know, I started having problems in my marriage and the disconnection was there and it just seemed like we were definitely not hitting on all cylinders, you know, that, that, that we had disconnected somewhere and we're not able to put it back together for whatever reason. Um, and we weren't communicating and we just were not, we were not there, you know, I was going this way, she was going the other way. And, um, it's crazy because when I was talking about this three years ago, the timeline is almost identical to when that started happening in my marriage. The pond went dry. And it sounds super cliche and like something you would try to link to make a, a cool story, but it's the truth. You know, I don't know what it all means, but when that pond went dry and that creek stopped flowing, um, my marriage was pretty much a wrap. And 
the kids, I remember taking the kids there, and they were just so bummed. They would always ask, you know, when when's the water coming back? And, you know, when we want we miss the turtles, we miss the the the, the ducks and the, the fish, and we miss all that. When's it coming back, Daddy? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know, guys. You know, it's been a long time. We're in a drought. I don't know when the river's coming back, the, the creek, and it sucks. So they were bummed out about it, but I... Once I made that connection, um, I didn't like thinking about it too much because it had, again, it had a deeper meaning to me that they wouldn't understand because they're so young. They'll understand later, you know, maybe, maybe one day they'll come back and listen to all these episodes and kind of understand, um, my journey, our journey and understand, um, why I am and the way I am, you know what I mean? Um, it's crazy to think about that, right? <laughs> it really is. It's, um, when I made that connection, I, I really had to sit back and kind of take that in. It's kind of deep. Um, but moving forward, you guys have seen me, you know, when I do my 90 seconds of inspiration, um, when I, when I talk or when I do any of those, they're usually, they're usually at that park. When you see me walking and I got my ruck, my bag on me, my beanie and my hoodie and I'm blowing the, the cold air. Yeah, that's the park that I'm at. I'm, I'm walking, you know, and getting my exercise in and uh, running. If I'm jogging during the summer, you see me, that's the park that I'm jogging at. Um, that's also the park that I, you know, train my kids how to run the mile, how to, how to uh, do push-ups on the rocks. We set up a station. So when we run, we stop at each station and we do push-ups. So when you're seeing us do all these things, that's the park that we're at. That's where I've taught my kids to do all these things. Um, when I tell you that this park is a big part of my life, that is the park that I will always remember that my kids finally beat me in the mile for the first time last year. Like, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. Uh, the day that, you know, Jordan had my phone and, you know, he takes, because the app is running, it's tracking your speed and whatnot and your mileage. Like, he takes it because he takes the lead and just takes off. But that was a day that I was, you know, staying back with my son and thinking, okay, I'm just going to run with Jaden and me and Jaden, because I usually stay back with him. And he stopped running one time during the mile, and then he never stopped again. And it blew my mind. I, he had never done that before. But I'll never forget that day because that was the day that they beat me. And it happened at that park. And uh, I remember coming around the bend at the end, and they were so excited, like, cheering and just say, he's like dad I beat you Jaden's like yeah Jordan had been beating me but together they had never beat me and so Jaden's like I beat you dad I beat you he's going like this and then it turned from that to cheering me on let's go dad come on and Jaden he always flexes if you see his pictures he's always throwing up his arm he's flexing so if you ever see me doing that I do that for my sons um but they're flexing, they're like, come on, Dad, you can do it. And they're clapping, they're like, come on, push, push. And at that moment, I wished I had my phone. Jordan had it because he was tracking the mileage. But I wished I had it so I could videotape them cheering for me to get to the finish line. Because it was so magical. But that's a moment that I remember at this park. I'll never forget that. I will never forget that. And I don't think they ever will either. Uh, that's the park that, uh, we worked on learning how to ride the bike. That's the park that, um, my kids learned to feed the squirrels. Uh, gosh, what else, man? That's the park that my kids learned how to skip rocks when the, when the, when the creek was going. Um, that's the park that I taught them about crawdads, about, you know, this, we used to go to the creek when I was younger and we would, you know, fish for crawdads. So I taught them about that. You know, I taught them about, um, 
woodpeckers because there's woodpeckers in the trees. So they was always they were always wondering what's that knocking sound. And then we finally found one, and I showed them uh, what the woodpecker does. Um, so many lessons came from this park. So many memories. So many talks. So many talks. Um, that was the park that I was at when we talked uh, after the day that we had the long talk about um, my ex-wife dating and and being involved with someone now. And we had a long talk about that at the house and I with her and explained that, you know, she's dating now and, and what that entails, that they have one dad and, you know, that whole hard, difficult conversation. We had that. But after that, we went for a walk. So we went to the park and as we're walking, and I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but as we're walking, I, I wanted to go there after that because I wanted them to feel comfortable with having questions and talking about what we had just discussed with their mom. And uh, I'll never forget this conversation because this is the first time that my youngest asked me something like this. And as we're walking, he says, Dad, because I, I said, you know, do you guys okay? Do you want to talk about anything? Jordan's pretty reserved. Um, you kind of got to pull stuff out of him. So he's pretty reserved. Um, he's like, no, I'm okay. I said, are you sure? He said, I'm okay, dad. I said, all right, if you have any questions, you can ask me anything. I'll answer anything. He's like, okay. But Jaden, Jaden looks at me and he says, dad, I have a question. I said, okay, what's your question? He says, what about you? So what about me? And he says, what about you, Dad? I want you to be happy. And I said, what do you mean? Do I not look happy? He says, no, no. I, I want you to be happy. I want... I said, oh, you mean about dating and having a girlfriend? He said, yeah. I don't want you to be sad. I said, I'm not sad. I said, buddy, I am not sad. I'm, I'm happy. I got you guys. And I said, there's nothing wrong. I am fine. I said, and, and and you know what? I'm not worried about, you know, going and, and starting a relationship and jumping into something and trying to rush it. I said, you know, when God when, when God tells me it's time and, and he puts uh, that person in my life, um, then it'll be my time. Right now, it's just not my time. But I'm not sad. I'm okay, bud. And he's like, okay. He's like, I just, I want you to be happy too. I said, I'm happy, buddy. I'm happy. You know, and I'll never forget that conversation because that's a it's a big boy conversation for, he was nine at the time. It's a big boy conversation, you know? So, yeah. Um, no, he wasn't nine. He was 10. Um, that was in November, I believe. No, he was nine. Good Lord. Yeah, he was nine years old. Um, but that... Big boy talk happened at the park, you know, on top of that, we've talked about other things. We've talked about, you know, learning about investing. We've talked about life. We've talked about how to make money work for you. We've talked about girls. We've talked about bullies. We've talked about everything that's been going on the last couple of years, all this craziness. We have had life, real life conversations. We've talked about parenthood. We've talked about the struggles of being a parent and raising kids. We've talked about divorce and and how, um, you know, me and their mom are, are, are trying to work through the best we can to make sure that nothing um, affects them and that uh, their life is as smooth as it possibly can be, you know. We've talked about all that. We've had some really big talks. And then on the flip side, I have had some moments there by myself as well. You know, there were, there are times that I, you know, that I would, uh, that would go there and just grab a cup of coffee and a donut 
And I would sit there and just sit on the bench and just think, you know. Sometimes not about anything, just think. Just be there. Quiet and listening to the birds and whatnot. And then I would see, like, in the wee hours of the morning, um, I've had plenty of days there like that, you know. Um, it's also a, a spot that I would go there and sit down at one of the benches and read as well. So it's uh, this park has so much, so so many memories for me and my family. Um, it's crazy. Now, you may have seen uh, last month I shared a video on my Instagram where there was water running again. So recently, I we got some heavy, heavy rains, and I went to do my morning walk, and lo and behold, there was the 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 creek was flowing. I'm I'm talking about overflowing, but it was flowing, and I it put the biggest smile on my face, and I I turned my phone on my camera, and I videotaped it, and I said, "Look, guys, look," because I want to send a video to my sons. I showed the video, and the river was flowing, and, um, excuse me, the creek was flowing, and uh, they texted me, they're like, Dad, there's water, we want to go, and I said, okay, we'll, we'll go either later today, or, or I'll bring you here tomorrow, I said, you guys got to go to school, and so they were, they were loving it, and I was just taking it in, man, it was, it was good to hear the water flowing again, it was good to see, it just felt like it brought this park back to life. And the craziest thing about it is when I go get my kids the following day and we do this walk and, and they go there and they're skipping rocks and they're just like, Jaden looks at me, he's like, Dad, can I touch it? And Jordy goes, can I touch it too? I said, yeah, just don't go in. Don't get your shoes wet. But I said, yeah, you can touch it. Dad, it's cold. It's so cold. And they're laughing and throwing rocks in there and having little skip, you know, rock skipping contests. And um, Jordan looks back, he goes, Dad. It's been a lot of years. And Jaden goes, yeah, like six years? I said, yeah, something like that. I said, wow. I said, it's good to see water here. And the minute he said that, I started to reflect. Remember I talked about reflecting, you know, as you get older? I started to reflect and looked at where I am in my life now. And remember when I told you when this thing went dry, what I was going through. And now I'm in such a better place now. I'm... I'm I'm a happier man, you know. I'm I'm doing great raising my kids, you know. I've you know got my own little place, um, you know. My life is never going to be perfect, and there's always room for improvement. But I'm in a much better place. I feel more alive now. I'm in better health, you know. I take care of myself more. It just it's so crazy that when the water finally came back, that I look and. My life is not, you know, it's it's flourishing. It's better than it's ever been, you know, or at least it's better than it's been in the last five years. So it's it's just crazy when you actually take the time to take, you know, take all that in and acknowledge, acknowledge these things. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't. A lot of people skate through life and they don't pay attention to stuff like this. Or when someone is in their life that does pay attention to stuff like this, they're like, man, you, you're crazy. You're always trying to find a deeper meaning in life and all this stuff. But um, I'm one of those people, man. I am always, I, I like to dig deep. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a surface level guy. I don't like that. I, 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 can't, um, I can't really jive with people who are all surface level. I can't. I'm a very deep thinker. I'm a very deep person. I like to understand the meaning of everything that's going on in my life. Um, so yeah, um, anyways, that was a blessing to see the water back. Um, going back to my grandfather, um, now that he's officially on hospice, uh, I took some time, you know, to go up there by myself first because my kids had a birthday party that they needed to go to for a family friend. 
you know, and their mom was accommodating. She was like, you know, they totally don't have to go. This is way more important, you know, so if you want to come get them. And um, I always appreciate that, you know. But I said, no. I said, listen, let them have fun. They can go to their birthday party. Um, but I do want to bring them up. So I may be back tonight or, you know, or maybe tomorrow. And she's like, no, they're probably going to get back a little late. And I said, okay, then um, we'll do it tomorrow. And uh, so I went up, you know, to see my grandfather. I drove up by myself. Um, and, you know, the crazy thing is when I got there, it was probably about 9.30 at night, 9 o'clock at night. And he was asleep, you know, in his bed in the living room. My aunt was there. My, my, uh, the nurse, I pulled up at the same time the nurse got there. So we were both at the door when my aunt opened the door and she was like, oh, wow. You know, and so she let the nurse in. I came in, but, um, the nurse was kind of checking all his bedding, checking his, his vitals. Um, you know, and then she was talking to my aunt about, what may happen when he transitions <clears throat> and just kind of preparing her mentally and I'm hearing all this and I'm like oh my goodness <clears throat> and uh, as I'm sitting there <clears throat> excuse me as I'm sitting there uh, right next to him as he's sleeping he kind of wakes up and he kind of he's doesn't move his head but his eyes are up and he's kind of looking around but he, he's not like looking to the left or right. He's kind of just looking up and his eyes are moving like he's trying to wake up. So I stand up and I, I stand over him and I smile and I look at him. And he looks at me and he's like, puts his arms out with a big, <laughs> with the biggest smile. And he has his oxygen mask on, um, kind of like those masks that you use for um, ap sleep apnea. And I believe it's the same mask, but he's wearing that. He's got this air blowing, and I can hear him, and he goes, my favorite grandson. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man, I, my heart about exploded. I uh, I gave him a big old hug, and I said, God, I miss you, man, and I hugged him. And um, I said, it's been too damn long. He says, I know. He's like, I love you, and he's rubbing the back of my head, and God, man, I needed that. You know, I haven't seen him in two years because of all this craziness going on. You know, uh, my aunt has been protecting him, you know, and rightfully so she should be because of COVID, you know. Um, I, don't, I hate saying that word, by the way. Shouldn't have said that. <laughs> um, but uh, she's been protecting him, you know, um, you know, and obviously he's high risk. So um, he hasn't had any visitors and we've been asked to kind of stay away and talk on the phone and FaceTime. A lot of you know that when this whole thing first kicked off, I used to do this thing called uh, Words with the Marine, and I shared that. And some of you were asking, when are you going to bring that back? Well, there's a reason why I stopped doing it is because it started to get hard for him to talk on the phone. Um, it started to get hard to understand what he was saying. So I had to stop because um, it was too much, you know, um, keeping him on the phone. He wasn't being able to breathe a lot. So I had to stop doing that. So for those of you listening or watching, asking what happened to me doing words with the Marine, that's what happened. So anyways, he, he gives me this big hug and I, and I hug him and, you know, and I tell him, man, it's been two years. He's like, I know. And he's like, I love you. I said, how are you feeling? Are you in pain? Like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just tired. I said, I know. I know you're tired. I said, are you okay? He said, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. And he always says that. I'm ready. I said, I know. I know you're ready. I said, I don't want to hear that, but I know you're ready. He goes, I know. Good life, right? I said, good life. Um, you know, he's always been the symbol of strength in my family. Um, he was a boxer. He was a first and foremost man. He was a, just a hardworking man. But he was a, a Marine. He is a Marine. Let me correct myself because he wouldn't like if he heard that. Because uh, he's always once a Marine, always a Marine. 
but he is a Marine through and through. And the if any movie you've seen about the Marine Corps, that is my grandfather. He pulls no punches, and he is no joke. So he's a Marine, and um, in the Marine Corps, he was a he was a boxer as well. They called him Rocky Molina. He was undefeated, absolute savage. My grandfather quit boxing um, because he hurt somebody really bad, and he thought he died. And he said, I don't ever want to hurt nobody to the point where they may die or be close to die. I don't want to do this no more. Um, because although he was a tough son of a gun, he was never out to, to, to hurt people like that. So uh, he stopped. But anyways, he's been, you know, always been the strength of the family, the king, you know, uh, teaching everybody how to be leaders. How, about business, about uh, how to be a man, how to treat your wife, how to, you know, to to take care of your responsibilities, how to take ownership, how to, to not be a victim, how to, all, I mean, anything you could think of that entails being a man, my grandfather taught us. And, you know, he was always hands-on with everything, you know. There's a joke going around with my grandfather that he has five thumbs because he always Although he always used his hands, he was always clumsy, dropping stuff or whatever, but he was always hands-on. But his hands are hammers, man. They're uh, working man hands. Trust me. Um, these are the same hands that knocked my ass cheeks off when I was 12 because I had talked back to him. Um, he never had to, I never talked back to him again, so he never had to hit me but that one time. <laughs> um, but... uh he has always been the symbol of strength in the family. And to me, he was my hero, is my hero. And to see him in such a frail state right now is, is tough, you know. When the nurse was there, you know, we had to clutch, put our arms under his armpits and lift and move him back. Um, so she could change. Um, he has a, a bloodline that was coming from his lower half. And uh, it had popped off, so we had to reattach it because it was leaking fluid and it didn't smell very good. But um, he kept apologizing to me. And I said, hey, don't, don't apologize. He says, no, I know. I know it smells bad. I said, hey, stop apologizing. That's what I'm, I'm here for. I'm here to help. I'm here to see you. I miss the hell out of you. But don't apologize, okay? Let, let me do this. Let me help. Don't be embarrassed, okay? And he said, okay. And, um, you know, the, the nurse, you know, I lift up my grandfather and she changes him as well because he's got to be changed. And um, he says, he looks at me and he says, hey, he's like, you're strong. You look strong now. Because my grandfather, all he always notices when you're out of shape, you're weak, you're not taking care of yourself, he points that out. This is, goes back to him being a Marine. If you had a, if you came to the house, you're out of shape, he was going to he was gonna talk to you about it. Sometimes he wasn't very nice about it, but he was definitely going to talk about it because he would notice it. Hey, what are you doing? You exercising? What's going on with you? No, what do you mean? You, you need to get it together. You, you're looking soft right now. You know you got to take care of your take care of your health. You don't want to be. You want to live a good life. You want to. You want to take care of your health. You know, be fit, exercise, take care of yourself, so you have a long life. He'd always say that, and he would always always compare. He's like, "How much you weigh now?" And he would tell me that, and then he would say, "Oh, I weigh this." He was always very trim, very strong, and um, over the last couple of years he would notice that I was working out and that I lost a bunch of weight and it made him so proud. So he said, he said that again. And he goes, you look good, strong. He's like, yeah. He's like, you'd have made a good Marine. And I started, I said, I would. And the nurse goes, Hey, Marine Corps. And she goes, Hey, give me some credit. I did it too. And she goes, she puts her bicep up and she goes, check this out. And I, this, this nurse was, <laughs> she, she might've had arms almost the size of mine. And um, come to find out, she's a Marine. <laughs> and he, my grandpa looked and he was like, you're a Marine? And she goes, rah. <laughs> and I looked, I said, look at you, man. Look at you, blessed to have a woman who's a Marine. 
as your nurse. And so then everything connected and she was like, wow, they started sharing stories about being in the Corps. And, uh, and I just enjoyed it, man. Um, it was very, very cool. Um, but, you know, my grandfather noticing that always made me feel like the work I was doing on myself meant something. And I was really happy to know that he appreciated that. And not only that, that he noticed it. Um, it made me feel good. It made me feel like it made him proud that I finally started taking care of myself, that I started to get my health under control. And then I started to, I don't know, man, live up to what he expected from me. He expected me to be strong and shape and a, a leader and whatnot. And I finally felt like I got there and I'm, you know, I'm still working on it every day. All you guys who follow me, you see that. Um, so anyways, that was that, um, I stayed the night there, and the crazy thing is, when my grandmother was on hospice, I remember falling asleep on the couch next to my grandma. They have like a U-shaped couch that goes like an L-shape. So on one couch, my grandfather was asleep, and then on the other one, I was asleep, and my grandmother was in the middle on her bed. And my aunt, I got to find this picture, but my aunt has a photo that she took from the stairs because she woke up and noticed that we were sleeping right there. My grandmother was on her hospital bed in the middle of the living room. The crazy thing about that is that's what was going on with my grandfather now. My grandfather was now in the middle of the living room. I'm sorry. My grandfather was in the living room in the middle, and now it was just me um, sleeping on the couch next to him. stayed the night there, you know, I was fully prepared for, you know, whatever was going to happen, you know, and if he needed my help through the night, um, but he slept really well, which kind of scared me because, you know, you just don't know. Anyways, the next day, I, uh, my kids had baseball training, um, and I didn't want them to miss that, you know, because we pay for that, <laughs> so I didn't want them to miss that, so I waited a little bit to leave. Uh, and then I told my grandfather, I said, hey, I'm going to go get my kids, you know, because that was one of the first things he asked when I got there. Where are my boys? I said, they're in San Jose. They're at a birthday party, and then they got baseball training tomorrow, but I'm going to bring them back. You're going to drive all the way back and then come back again? Don't do that. And his grandpa, no, this is important. So that next morning, you know, I headed back, and then the night before, we had talked. I was on, My aunt was on the phone with one of my cousins I hadn't seen in probably 20 years, and uh, or close to it. And, you know, he had kind of went off the rails for a little while, you know, and, and, and just felt like maybe the family didn't want him around. You know, he had got back on his feet, um, put his life back together, you know, he's got a fiance now, he's rekindled with his children, got a great job now, um, gave himself to God and just really put his life back together, man, just an amazing story. And he thought that no one would want to see him. And he's like, well, I want to go there, but I don't have a ride to get out there. And I don't, I want to see my grandfather. It's been almost 20 years and I need to talk to him. I don't want to miss the opportunity. And my aunt was like, you know, well, you, talk to, you should talk to Boogie. You know, he'll, I'm sure he, she goes, no, I don't think he'll want to talk to me. And she goes, he just walked in. She goes, take it easy. He's a lot different than you think now. Because, you know, I've changed a whole lot, man. You know, and I've talked about that on this, on this podcast. A lot of people think they know me. They don't know me anymore. You haven't been around me. You don't know the changes that I've made. Including my cousin, you know, and so I got on the phone and 
And he's like, hey, he's like, hey, cousin. I started talking to him and told him how proud I was that he got his life back under control. And he started crying. It's like, it's like I'm, I needed to hear that. And I said, man, don't ever think that anybody, you know, is going to judge you or whatever. I said, the nerve of someone like me or anybody, for that matter, judging you. I got my own demons that I battle. I got my own struggles and dark places that I was in that I had to dig myself out of. I would never judge you, man. I'm glad you're alive. I'm glad you're back. Okay? I'm glad you put your life together. And I'm glad you gave yourself to God. You need a ride? I'm going back down to San Jose, man. I, I got to grab my kids and come all the way back. But I'll pick you up. He's like, you would do that? And I said, yeah. He's like, he started crying. He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to miss saying goodbye. I don't know when, you know, he's like, we don't know when he's going to go, right? And I said, nope. And he goes, I don't want to miss that. I want to tell Grandpa that I want to show him that I I put my life back together, that I'm not lost anymore. I said, yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. I'll come get you. He said, all right. So the next morning, that's when I said, all right, I told my Grandpa that I'm going to go get him. I'm going to go get my kids. And I told him, I said, hey, I'm going to bring Johnny up. He's like, Johnny? I said, yeah, your, your grandson, Johnny. Jacob, Sharon, Johnny? I said, yeah. I said, but I'm bringing Johnny, okay? He's like, oh, how's he doing? I said, he's good. I said, Grandpa, you'd be proud of him. He put his life back together. I said, but I'm going to let him talk to you about that, all right? He's like, okay. So I drive down, you know, take the long trek. My aunt's like, you're crazy, man. Look at you. I said, I love to drive, so it's not a problem to me. Drive all the way down, get into town uh, at about 3 o'clock. My kids are done with baseball. You know, I tell their mom, I'm like, hey, I'm not going to stop, chill, nothing. I got food in the car. Then I made, I made some sandwiches, whatever. I said, oh, just when I get there, just have them hop in the car. So they hopped in the car. The minute my kids get in the car, they're like, hey, Dad. They tell me about baseball. And Jaden goes, Dad, we need a helmet. Let me show you something real quick. I've talked about this helmet before. This is a helmet. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. This is my grandfather's Marine Corps helmet that he wore. All right, this thing is heavy. And this is the same helmet that you see me when I do our annual Veterans Day hike um, and for my grandfather. And this is what I wear. Now, my son gets in the car and he says, Dad, we need the helmet. <laughs> this is Jaden. This is Jaden. I, I go, why? He goes, so I can show Grandpa we're strong. I want to. I want to wear it. So when he sees me, I want to wear it. I said, and Jade, Jordy goes, "Yeah, let's go get it." And I said, "He goes, I go it's at the house." He goes, "Oh, we don't have to go get it." And I go, "It's on the way." He goes, "Where are we going?" I said, "We're going to pick up my cousin. You haven't met him yet. I'm gonna introduce you." They said, "Okay." So we stopped. I ran in the house. I grabbed. I grabbed the helmet. Gave it to Jaden. Picked up my cousin, introduced my cousin to my kids. He was just blown away how big they are and, and you know, just asking them all kinds of questions, just getting to know them. On that ride up, I got, you know, an hour and 40. My kids instantly fell asleep because they've had a long weekend. So I had this long hour and 40-minute drive to talk to my cousin, catch up on life, share what I've been through and how I bounced back. He shared his, and we just connected. And uh, it was a conversation that um, needed to be had. You know what I mean? Um, it was good. And then we got off to Sacramento. And, um, you know, it was probably 7, something like that, at night. No, I shouldn't say that. Hmm. Probably about six, something like that. Anyways, we had, you know, we ended up staying there six or seven hours. I knew it was going to be a late night. Um, so we stayed there. My uh, my cousin got to spend time with my grandfather and catch up and have his moments, you know what I mean? Some some were, you know, fill, filled with tears. and But most, the, most of the time it was smiles and my grandfather being proud of him. And uh, my kids, what my kids saw, my grandfather, my grandfather was so happy. You know, Jaden goes up and hugs him. Jaden's wearing the helmet, and I showed my grandfather. My grandfather 
you know, was so happy. He did one of these, and and uh, I got a picture of my son hugging my grandfather wearing his helmet, and then Jordan hugged him, and you know they had to get used to, um, you know, we were asked to wear masks around him just to protect him, you know, and uh, so we did that, but uh, it was good, you know. Um, I it, I think it was important that my kids had that moment. I think it was important that my kids seen my grandfather, you know, this way. And the reason why I say that is because they've seen him when he was strong, when he was doing push-ups on the floor with them, showing them that he could do push-ups still. Uh, and now they see him uh, in a very frail, weak state. Um, and I think it's important that they know that this is how life works. You, you go from, you know, a baby, an infant to, you know, to a grown man, you know, to almost becoming a baby again. And I think it was important. It was a lesson that they needed to see firsthand. So we spent time there um, taking a lot of pictures, you know, um, eating, um, sharing family stories. And, of course, it's always a time to reflect and say, gosh, you know, we got we got to make sure that we try to try to get together and and more often, you know. And then we discuss because my grandfather is going to be cremated. My uh, my grandmother was cremated as well. And my grandfather wants to do the same thing. So there won't be a funeral. Um, and we talked about having a, a, a celebration of life, a barbecue like we did for my grandmother. Um, and how that might go, and and uh, moving forward, uh, possibly trying to do some family trips together, you know, with my kids and my aunt and her daughter and her sons, and and possibly my cousins and whatnot. Trying somehow to reconnect. It's hard, you know. I told you, <clears throat> it definitely feels like I'm alone out here in San Jose. But uh, you know, reconnecting with one of my cousins I haven't seen in that many years is is a good thing. But, uh, yeah, so the trip out there um, with my kids and my cousin was awesome. Um, it was a very needed time. And then we hit the road. Uh, I think we left at, like, close to 10 o'clock, probably 9.30, 9.45. And uh, we made the trek back because my cousin had to work at 8 o'clock in the morning. My kids had to be up for school, and my kids understood this is going to be a long night. We're probably going to be at school on Monday tired, but this is an important trip, and they understood that. So I made sure that when this drive took place that they had a blanket and they went to sleep because they were going to go from the car to bed and then wake up bright and early, 6.45, 7 o'clock, and get ready for school. And they did it. They were troopers, man, because I picked them up after that day and uh, of school, and they were tired, but they made it through. Jordy admitted he almost dozed off a few times. Jaden admitted the same thing, but they powered through, and they knew that that was a trip that we needed to take. So, um, you know, we don't know how much time he has left. I could get the call any day now, and I'm I'm prepared for it. Um, it's not going to be easy, but I'm prepared for it, and uh, I think my kids are. They understand now that he's on, he's on a clock now, you know. Um, I don't know when that day is going to be. I'm hoping to get a couple more visits before that happens, God willing. But uh, I never question God uh, because I know that uh, we are on his schedule, you know. Whatever he decides to do and when he decides to bring my grandfather back home, that's when he's supposed to go. So I'm thankful for the time that we've had with him, everything he's taught me. And I'm thankful for being given the time to take my kids out there so they could talk to him and see him. I'm thankful for him rekindling my relationship with my cousin and bringing him uh, back into our lives and giving me the strength to make these drives repeatedly and bring my cousin back and my kids back and spending all this time. I'm just very thankful um, for everything. Um, and looking back on penitentiary, man, <laughs> I'm sure the memories are not over, you know. I'm sure that when my grandfather transitions that I'm going to need to go back to that park and just have a moment 
to reflect on my life, reflect on my grandfather's life and what a great life it was and put things in perspective as to how I want to continue to move forward with my life and the things that he modeled and how I want to continue to model those things and continue to teach my kids those things and uh, move forward with my life. Um, so I'm sure that when he does transition, I will be at that park um, with a cup of coffee and a donut. Uh, thanking God for my time and my life with my grandfather. That's all I got for you guys. I love you guys. Um, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. And uh, me sharing my life with you guys. You know. Uh, you can always follow me on my social media. Instagram is at It's Ray Molina. And that is also my TikTok. My website is RayMolina.com. And uh, the podcast Instagram is at the Perfect Mess Pod. We are on all the apps that you listen to all your podcasts. So wherever you're at, subscribe, share, comment, review, and uh, also on YouTube. You know, please subscribe there as well. Um, for donations, uh, you can donate via Cash App, dollar sign It's Ray Molina. Um, if you don't have that and you want to still donate, I have PayPal, Venmo, Zelle. You can send me a DM or an email or message me, and I can give you that. It's not required, but I know a lot of people have been asking and want to, so I appreciate it. Uh, that is all I have for you guys. I love you guys. Um, I hope you are well. I hope you are healthy wherever you're at. And uh, like I always say, my life isn't perfect. Oftentimes it's a mess, but for me... It is the perfect mess. Thank you. I love you guys. God bless. Perfect mess is my perfect mess. Perfect.